When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Andy Kamenetsky. Brian and Andy Kamenetsky in for Travis and Sleater. When I was in with Clinton yesterday, this time yesterday, USC and UCLA were still in the Pac-10, the Pac-12 or whatever it was, whatever it used to be. It's not that anymore. Um, and the Lakers hadn't signed anybody. And Kevin Durant was still going to be in Brooklyn. And Kyrie Irving was still going to stay in Brooklyn. And now none of those things are happening. It's been a very busy 24 hours uh, since Clint and I got on the air yesterday. As the old saying goes, Brian, with the end of June comes beginning of July, and the beginning of July is chaos. Chaos. I love it. It is. I'm sure that's been said somewhere. It is the summer of chaos. It officially is beginning. Uh, we have so much to get through over the course of today. We are going to obviously – Talk more about, you know, this whole USC-UCLA thing um, and what that means for sports in L.A. going forward, what that means for the Pac-12, what it means for USC and UCLA. Um, we are going to try to get to the, the Dodgers, Andy, played a really significant game last night. They won 3-1. to one. Justin Turner, who has been terrible this year, hits two home runs. Uh, I don't know, if, you know, against the Padres, who are chasing them in the West, I don't know if we have enough time. Like we, people should just be aware. The Dodgers played, they won, they look good. But I don't know if we're going to have a whole lot of time to get to that. It's that busy. Yeah, you got to prioritize things, Brian. And the way the Lakers roster is shaping up, shaking out, and also what is the next shoe to drop? What is the next domino to fall? Because it feels very much like the Lakers are back in the Kyrie Irving oh, yeah. business. And, you know, he's right now the, the last Vegas odds we looked at. Kyrie's next team, if not the Nets, one to three, the Lakers, which basically means if you bet the Lakers, you are winning no money. That right. is you, have bet, sure. you have to bet $100 to win $33. Yes. Like, um, you, you have to be so certain that it, Kyrie is going to the Lakers and everyone else has to be so certain that ultimately it's not even worth your time betting. Right. It's almost like say I, I'm going to play. It's like one to, the odds are basically the same, that the traffic going north on the one-on-one today at rush hour is going to be bad. Like that, but, it, that's essentially what you're betting on. Um, so we'll, we'll get to that. Brian Windhorst at ESPN has got some, uh, some, we got some sound from Windy talking about kind of what's going on here and how Windhorst, uh, how Kyrie can become a Laker, uh, whether we've seen, uh, Kyrie and KD's last game in Brooklyn. Kyrie, uh, Stephen A. Smith was talking about it, uh, how Kyrie is planning on being a Laker. So that does seem like the next shoe to drop. And we were, we're, we'll spend a lot of time on that. Like, Andy, what if you even could create a super deal that brings AD, I'm sorry, that, that brings KD and Kyrie to LA? That's something that we're going to kick around. But we should at least mention, oh, by the way, the Lakers did sign four guys on Thursday, on the first day of free agency, um, it was Juan Toscano-Anderson and uh, Troy Brown Jr., two forwards, Lonnie Walker, kind of a 2-3 from San Antonio. That's who they use their big money on, their, their mid-level. Uh, and then center Damian Jones, former Laker, shot 94% in his first stint as a Laker. So that was pretty good. Um, what, what did you think about what they did yesterday? Well, they definitely they skewed younger. I mean, they, they saw they saw the issues that came last season with having a team as collectively old as the Lakers were last year. They were obviously going for what they thought would be veteran stability and know-how and experience. And, you know, the, the collective age was not the only reason things fell apart for the team. And, you know, young guys got hurt on the team last year. Kendrick Nunn missed the entire year. Taylor Horton Tucker was hurt a lot during the year, but, what they decided to do this time around was clearly look for more upside, more potential ceiling that they could raise through you know, one or two of these guys popping. When you look at the guys that they brought in, 
combined with, for the time being, the way the roster is currently laid out, Kalen Horton-Tucker, Kendrick Nunn, Austin Reeves, Stanley Johnson, Wenyon Gabriel, this is the youngest that this roster has been collectively in the LeBron era since LeBron first arrived and he was playing with the kids. Right, and he he made sure that that didn't last very long. Um, The difference, obviously, those guys, those first-round picks that the Lakers had back then, uh, more highly regarded, more successful players. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I like that they went upside. I like that they are trying to kind of do the Malik Monk thing in multiples. Like, you know, find a player who, for whatever reason, hasn't quite hit his potential, whether that's Troy Brown, Drafted by Washington, his second season in, in uh, with the Wizards, it looked like you know I think he averaged like ten points a game. It looked like he was on the rise, and then he kind of fell off a cliff a little bit. Um, you know, Lonnie Walker, the fourth from San Antonio, that kind of crowded out in a in a, a very crowded young roster. But you know, he's got a lot of he's a super freakishly good athlete, which is something obviously the Lakers were missing in the last couple seasons, and. Um, is, you know, this guy can run the break really well, finishes really well at the rim. The one thing, Andy, they did not get is shooting. Like, this is, and I've seen some statistical projections based on current rosters, this is the worst three-point shooting team in the NBA right now. It's like they can't, and this, and this it's the exact opposite of the way in terms of that one-in-four-out style that Darvin Ham talked about at his introductory press conference. Well, I mean, this is what lets you think that there is another, if not shoe dropping, that the Lakers are working hard to have another shoe drop. Like that, that, that whether you're talking about the Kyrie Irving trade possibility, and again, that's something we're going to get into, or moving Taylor Horton Tucker, moving Kendrick Nunn, tr- you know, trying to bring in a shooter or someone like that. It feels right now like in terms of the way Darvin Ham has talked about this team playing, the way frankly, most teams around the league play in a modern NBA, the roster feels incomplete. You know what I mean, Laura? It it feels unsettled. Maybe that's me wish casting. Maybe that's me just hoping this is what is on the horizon. It may be because you're you're wish casting for a reason because the roster as it currently stands isn't very good. I mean, are the signings that they made terrible? No, Damian Jones makes a lot of sense. It's like a, a backup quality center who can, you know, he, he, he ought to be a better version in a lot of ways of what Dwight was last year because Dwight was not very good. Um, you know, so I see that as an improvement, younger legs, good rim, you know, pretty good rim protection, much better finisher around the rim and stuff like that. I like Juan Toscano Anderson, um, you know, Lonnie Walker and Troy Brown. Somebody thought they were good because they were drafted, you know, pretty high in the first round. So like, you know, I, but the, in terms of actual NBA production, they're the same problem they had last year. You look at the roster and go, who's the fourth best player after Westbrook? So, yeah, there needs to be another shoe, uh, another move, another couple of moves, I would think, before you can really feel confident in what, what they're doing. Yeah, it's a weird situation in terms of evaluating the roster. Like, like we had talked about, it feels like there's more to come or they want more to come. But also, too, they're working within a lot of constraints. You know, mm-hmm. they, they only had a taxpayer mid-level exception available. Otherwise, it is all veteran minimum deals that they had to work with. They had no cap space. They had no real ability or flexibility to try to bring in, you know, the best caliber of free agents out there. And on one hand, it is 100% their own fault. They are in this situation. They have literally nobody to blame but themselves, because when they made the Russell Westbrook deal last year, they moved a bunch of tradable pieces in KCP and Kyle Kuzma and you know, Montrezl Harrell, who want, opted in because he wanted to be traded. But, you know, they did not retain Alex Caruso, who beyond what he would have brought on the court was another piece that they could have possibly used in a, in a deal. They have three players making max money. So that cuts down on their flexibility. And this was their decision. So along those lines, it is their fault that that they're in this situation. In the box. Right. But at the same time, though, at some point, like, you have to move past that. This, this is the situation that they're in. This is reality. And under those circumstances, other than the Lonnie Walker Jr. deal, 
I think they did okay. Like, I, I don't dislike any of the moves in a vacuum. I'm just not 100% sure that they're great moves. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how much they actually helped the team. Like, there are things that needed to be fixed with this team. I'm not sure how much actually got fixed, even if the players they brought in in and of themselves individually are useful. Yeah. Um, and that's where they are. And that's, uh, you know, some other guys went off the board. It, like, it was not good. Like, yesterday, you could see the trends, the way it was going. Like, there were guys like Mo Bamba and Isaiah Hartenstein, the, you know, the center who played with the Clippers last year, Mo Bamba with, uh, um, with uh, Orlando last year, Malik Monk. Maybe the Lakers would hold on to him. Like, within, like, the first two minutes of free agency, Mo Bamba signed in Orlando for way more than the Lakers were going to be able to give him. Hartenstein got signed by New York for more than the Lakers could have given him. And Malik Monk went to Sacramento for more than the Lakers were going to be able to give him. And very quickly, you're like, uh-oh. Like, nothing about this market is playing out the way the Lakers hoped it would. Like, nothing. Um, but then you wake up today, and you find out that a couple guys, potentially useful players, Bruce Brown, you know, from the, from the Nets, uh, went to uh, Denver um for what appears to be the taxpayer mid-level exception the lakers had except he got two years and the lakers only gave away one Otto porter jr signed with toronto um you know for for an exception and he got two years instead of one so you know there are some questions about what the lakers are prioritizing right now and whether or not they maybe jump too fast for lonnie walker but andy the the big thing now people are turning their attention to. It's not the Thomas Bryant returning to L.A. rumors, although those are out there, and we'll touch on it before, before we're done. We'll see what else happens with signings. It's Kyrie Irving. One to three odds Kyrie Irving could return to Los Angeles. That basically is as close to a done deal as Vegas can make anything sound. How could it happen? We'll explain that to you. Next, this is the Travis, Slee- Travis and Sliwa Show on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. In for the man of a certain carriage. And also Alan Sliwa, Brian Kamenetsky, and Andy Kamenetsky. This is Travis and Sliwa, though. I do want to remind you, we will be doing Ask Slee at... 1045 right guys i'm new to the the schedule um so 1045 ask slee you can ask us questions it can be ask the cam brothers and you can tweet us at cam brothers if you have questions that you want us to address you can tweet the station at espn los angeles you can ask us questions about alan that we can just answer for you whatever it is go where you will uh for ask slee but it will still be happening even though Slee isn't here at 1045. So make sure you send those questions in. Um, Andy, I mentioned that uh, Brian Windhorst was uh, talking about the Kyrie Irving thing and how exactly Kyrie could find his way to Los Angeles, how all this would work. So obviously you get to the point, well, how does he become a Los Angeles Laker? Because that seems to be his priority. I want to point out that the, the way he becomes a Laker is a Russell Westbrook trade. That has to be the piece that comes back for him. Russell Westbrook makes $47 million. That's $11 million more than Kyrie Irving. That is not a guaranteed A-OK for the Nets to say, even if they're getting draft picks in it. Then you have the fact that Kyrie Irving gets a $5.5 million bonus for getting traded. That's something that, I'm, that the Nets would have to pay. I'm not so sure that the Nets are excited about that either. So there's a lot of things to negotiate, and there's to talk about something that's not clean. Okay, so I can see the downside. Well, but this- it, it only works with Russell Westbrook, and you know there are reports out there, Andy, that Kyrie is you know hoping to even force his way to Los Angeles, and so 
if it's going to happen, it's got to be for Westbrook, and the Nets are going to have to eat it probably a little bit. The Lakers can always throw something in to make it a little more palatable. Well, they're going to have to throw some things in to make this worth it for Brooklyn. One of the things, though, that I think is going to be really interesting to see how this plays out with the Nets and both Kyrie and Durant, not exactly apples to apples in their situation because Kyrie only has one year on his deal, whereas Kevin Durant is locked up you know, long-term. And to the best of my knowledge, does not have a trade, a no trade clause. So he can't veto a deal. I don't think the Nets are under any real pressure to move either one of those guys ASAP or to feel like they absolutely have to do whatever these other guys want because the Nets have no incentive to tank. Like they like the Lakers, they don't control a lot of their trade, uh, their picks moving forward, and they also don't need to worry about their record. Like remember last season when the whole James Harden thing was going on, and Ben Simmons, both Philadelphia and Brooklyn, they were actually in contention, and they they were trying to be in contention, and they were looking to keep themselves in that playoff mix. So. They needed to try to figure out those situations with with James Harden, with Ben Simmons as quickly as possible to try to keep the season on the rails. If Durant or Kyrie threaten to sit, if I'm Brooklyn, I'm like, okay, all right, fine. You know, collect some fines, whatever. Like, it it doesn't threaten anything for them. And obviously with Kyrie, you don't want to let him walk for nothing. So I want to make it clear. I'm not suggesting – that they should just, if Kyrie leaves and they get nothing for him, whatever. But they don't have to do exactly what Kyrie wants if it feels like there's only one team that wants him, the Lakers. And by multiple reports, the Lakers were the most interested (laughs) in Kyrie during the first uh, incarnation of this dramatic saga. They can wait this thing out a little bit particularly in the offseason because they're not playing any games. But once the season actually begins, Brooklyn has pretty much nothing to lose. And I just think that's going to be a really interesting well, thing yeah, for them. The KD, the, the, KD part, the KD part of this is, is way more important for them because that's going to be the thing that gets them a lot right. of stuff back. Right. You know, the Lakers line up – the Lakers just line up really well here because they're the only team in the league that can look at Ky- – nobody wants to give Kyrie – a long-term contract. I mean, like, you know, there was a big thing, you know, we, you know, there, there was some, you know, oh, the, the Mavericks might go after Kyrie and they made it pretty clear. Like we are not blowing anything up. We are not doing it to, to bring that guy in. Like we're not like, you know, Mark Cuban is as aggressive an owner and risk-taking an owner as there is in any sport. And he's like, no, we're not doing that. But the Lakers are unique because they have their own problem that they, they can offload in a way to take, there, that guy's problem, that team's problem. And so, I mean, that's part of the reason this all lines up so well and why the Lakers are, are put so tightly um, with, with Kyrie. But, like, you know, so we were talking in the last segment, like, what you think about the team now. Like, take, let's just say this is the group with a couple more minimum guys. They go get Thomas Bryant. They do whatever. You look at this roster now, and you say, this team can go how far? You look at the same relative group of guys and swap out Russ for Kyrie. How does that change your answer? I mean, if you if you sub in Kyrie for Russ, you automatically have a better fit with your big three. I mean, the, you know, Kyrie is far better suited to play with LeBron, to play with AD. He is a, he's an outside shooter. I mean, he can score from anywhere on the court, but particularly for the Lakers. He can shoot, he can shoot, and that opens up the floor for LeBron, opens it up for AD. You know, he he's had experience playing with LeBron before. I think it's longer ago than people sometimes remember, but I don't think getting them in sync, the three of them, is going to be nearly as complicated as it was for Russ, AD, and LeBron. So in that sense, it works out better. Defensively, it's a wash. Neither one of them is very good, and the whole – the whole off Kyrie actually probably is a better defender. Right. But I mean, that's not a compliment in and of itself. Like that. He's a better defender. No, than Russell more of a dig on Russ. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and let's make yeah. it clear. He may be better than Russ. You are not going to like what you see defensively 
from Kyrie. Like you, you just aren't. But he's a better fit, and he can, he can, if nothing else, fill certain needs that Russell Westbrook doesn't, that the team is actually lacking more of. But you still look at them and say, all right, this current group or Westbrook out, Irving in, I don't know, maybe there's another deal involving THT or none or, you know, more things around the edges. Does this team look, Brian, like they are ready to defend in a playoff series right now. I, I'm Andy. I, I'm so excited the the prospect of even just getting them to a place where they can fail in the playoffs that I would, I think, I think I would be too excited by that, but yeah, I mean, defensively you've got some potential problems, you know, a lot of things to work well. And obviously all three of those guys need to stay healthy first of all, or else it's a, all of this is kind of a moot point. But, I mean, I, I am not a Kyrie guy. Um, and I'm even I, less of one. I find him to be one of the most <laughs> – I find him to be one of the most insufferable people, like, in sports. Um, you know, that, that tweet he put out or the Instagram post he put out when he decided to pick up his 30 – you know, the extra 30 million by exercising his option to stay in Brooklyn – um, you know, the, 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 you know, the real people, what does he call it? What do you say? The, you know, they, they move the world forward or something like that with the, uh, like, get over yourself. Yeah. I'm looking for the exact but, quote right now. This is what it is. Quote, normal people is what he told, uh, Sham Sharania from the athletic uh-huh. after he was opting in normal people keep the world going, but those who dare to be different lead us into tomorrow. I've made my decision to opt in. See you all in the fall. 11, 11 being both his, I guess, sort of stage name and the number that he wears on the court. This, of course, Brian, after Kyrie did the most conventional thing possible, which is take $36 million as opposed to leaving $30 million on the floor. Like there is there's nothing more conventional than what he did in that moment when he told us that Normal people, you know, they just keep the trains moving. But those who dare to be different, we're the leaders. Right. And I, and I can't, I mean, there are 10 other people in sports that I could think of. I don't think I could think of five. I'm not sure I could think of two that I would rather road trip less with than Kyrie Irving. Like sitting in a car for 18 hours with Kyrie sounds like one of the most miserable experiences you could go through, um, particularly if the stereo is not working. But for, you know, given what the difference is, given what we're looking at for the Lakers right now, all that aside, like, I'm not sure I'd want to give them a long-term contract. I'd maybe, I wouldn't want to commit to something much more beyond this year or whatever it would be. But if I got to give up a pick or something to get him in here and Westbrook out, just the difference in basketball makes it worth it. That's how bad the situation the Lakers are in now is, is trading for Kyrie with all of his problems, with all the stuff that you know is going on and know is going to blow up in your face in one way, shape, or form, it still is worth it. It's still worth it. Absolutely. I mean, I would never give Kyrie Irving a long-term deal. I think any team that does that after everything we've seen up to this point, you only have yourself to blame when it doesn't work out. I do not – if it were possible to have that guy's services on a month-to-month deal, that would be the ideal way to work with Kyrie Irving. But I <laughs> have a very strong hourly. Yeah, I mean, that, that is the best way to do this with Kyrie. But what's really important is the Lakers are in a situation right now where I don't think they can, for the time being, commit to more than one year. Like, I don't think they actually can, per CBA rules, right. trade for Kyrie and extend him. They need to be careful with how they they need to be careful with how they use their assets because they have so few. And as much as they are in win now mode, you can't allow win now mode to lead to something desperate and stupid because these assets matter and using them well matters. This situation may be perfect because they may be in a position where they're they are saved from themselves in throwing in too many assets. They may not even be able or need to put in too much to make this happen. Like, you know, some we've seen them at times seeming too desperate to make something happen. Like mm-hmm. what, with what happened with Westbrook, like when they actually included a pick to move Russell Westbrook, I was like, wait, they're not getting one. They gave no, one. No, up. no, like, Seriously. 
like this may be the perfect setting where they are saved from themselves because one year of Kyrie, that is worth the risk. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. I wonder, though, are we thinking big enough? Um, because we mentioned Kyrie Irving's one to three to be a Laker. Kevin Durant is still eight to one, which is uh, pretty, uh, pretty decent. It's worth talking about. And uh, Winhorse yesterday on all the ESPN NBA free agent programming did note that the Lakers believe that they can put something together that uh, would be a package that could bring both Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to Los Angeles. We will tell you what we think that package is, and then I want to know if you do it. And that's all next. This is the Travis and Sliwa Show. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Travis and Sliwa, Kamenetsky brothers, Brian and Andy, in for the guys as they get ready for an extra long holiday, Andy, the lazy, lazy people with their four-day weekends. Uh, prima donnas. I think is the is the word I'm looking for. I don't know how they didn't win the pain in the ass war. Uh, well, I mean, so many candidates. I know. But... I mean, really, at a, at a radio station, particularly our radio station, of course, the Mandy Awards last weekend uh, gave away the pain in the ass war, which could only go to one host, Steve Mason, is like, which is saying something. But yes, I mean, I think every host, as actually Amanda made pretty clear, every host deserved to be nominated for that one, except I think us because. We are um, absolutely just dreams to work with. I think everybody would agree with that. Why they keep letting us go. Um, so the uh, it, Brian Windhorst, who uh, has been going viral really today, Andy, on, on some of his free agency stuff, on some of his team intrigue stuff, on all of these things, um, he has made it pretty clear that the Lakers, if Durant and Ke- and Kyrie Irving insist on being kept together, like kinder buddies, that the Lakers think that they have a shot at making this happen. But it has been floated to me by executives that... I'm sorry, I'm not to say it. I can't. I can't. Don't that do if it. they were be kept together, that, that the Lakers would potentially have a package that you could trade for both of them. Let's go, but, Richard. But, but we don't. But we don't know. It's too. It's too fragile. It's too fragile That's because we just don't know where KD and Kyrie are if they're still interested in together. But oh. it would take. After seeing what happened when they were together, <laughs> almost no team, wow. almost no team with options would do it. But. The Lakers don't have options. Mm. So that's the only place I heard it was possible. It. Richard is dancing around this. So the, the best part, if you get a chance to look this up, is just the reaction of Richard Jefferson to this concept. And he's, it's basically a live version of the Elmo fire meme. <laughs> like, let's just see the world burn. Um, but, you know, Wendy talks about the package that the Lakers think they could put together. It's not that hard to figure out what that package would be. It's right? Russell, West, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, 
maybe another pick or so, maybe you throw in THT, like any, depends how big this thing gets expanded. But the core of that is very clearly Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis, because it's the only way you can make the math work. Forget about the idea of making it worth Brooklyn's while. And it is by far the most talent that the Lakers can offer. Um, I am personally, if this, something like this happens, there's a part of me that's just wondering what's going on with Kevin Durant. (laughs) Like, is, is he being held against his will? Like blink twice, Kevin Durant, if you need help, like if he's actually going to do a nut force, force another go with Kyrie, he is going to force his wagon to be hitched to Kyrie twice. I'm either starting to question Kevin Durant's judgment or I'm frankly just worried about him. Maybe it's just the only way he can get to Los Angeles and that's desperately where he wants to go. Um, but I, I find this concept fascinating because you can kind of sort of, if you, you know, if you want to figure out how to make this sound appealing to, to Brooklyn, like Anthony Davis is as good of a, an established player as you're probably going to get for in a Durant deal. You pick up a couple uh, of those picks, you probably demand that. Russell Westbrook is a gigantic expiring contract, even bigger than the one that you'd be giving up in Kyrie Irving. Um, you know, you're, you're getting $47 million for $36 million. Um, so you gain a little bit financially there. Like maybe, but the bigger question I have is from the Lakers' perspective, would you do that? Would you trade... Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook for Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. It's not as easy. It sounds like, of course you would, but it's not totally cut and dry. I don't think again, with the caveat of, I need to know what's going on with Kevin Durant because I just (laughs) find it so strange that this guy would not run from Kyrie. Like at the first opportunity possible, like when he demanded a trade, if that was not a signal of, I want to be away from this guy, but rather, I just want to be away from the Nets. The problem is the Nets. It's not Kyrie. It's They're not giving us the environment that we need to be nurtured towards a championship. That aside, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, I would make that deal. Because a, Durant's older. I mean, as, as frustrated as we are about AD, Durant is older. Um, and has his own injury issues, you know, that he's sort of overcoming. But, I mean, he is still much more reliable than this is, AD. This is what I was getting at. They both have injury issues. They both have reasons to be concerned about their availability. But at the end of the day, Kevin Durant isn't just a better player than Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is damn good. Don't get me wrong. Anthony Davis is a really good player. Kevin Durant, though, at the top of his game, is one of the five best players in the league. He is as great a scorer as the league offers. And he is also more reliable to perform day in, day out at the top of his game than I think AD is. Like, you have more question marks about which version of AD is going to show up on a night-to-night basis, I think, than you have with Kevin Durant. You know, you may have the same injury concerns with both. And Kevin Durant is older. He's coming off more severe injuries than Anthony Davis, albeit playing pretty well when he has been available. He, He was pretty available. Once he came back into the lineup last year with the Nets, he was pretty much available. Right. You know, he didn't keep getting hurt, but you know, obviously it's a big injury he's recovering from. I just trust Kevin Durant to be more of that dude than I trust Anthony Davis to be more of that dude. And if you're going to try to make this happen in LeBron's window, however long we think that window is going to be, however long you think that window should be, you, you got to put yourself in the best, you know, most maximized position. And I actually think Kevin Durant is more maximized along these lines than AD is on a, on a game in game out basis. And I gotta be honest with you as much. I, I really do like the, when the AD LeBron pairing is working right, it's really fun to watch. I would pay really good money to watch Kevin Durant and LeBron James play a season together. Cause those guys, I mean, KD 
you know, he's a little bit more of an, uh, an odd cat than, than LeBron is. He's got a, his own approach over, but he's, he's another basketball savant too. When he, when, you know, when he feels like it, when he, I mean, that, these are two guys who are transcendent players night in and night out. And to see them play together, I'm still not sure that would make them the best team in the Western conference, but it's, you know, but if my, I mean, if, if LeBron stays healthy, watching those two guys plus Kyrie play together would be incredibly fun. Here's the thing. Or let me bring... rephrase. I don't want to. I don't want to make any guarantees based on what happened last year. Should be incredibly fun. There are no guarantees in the world anymore. Here's the thing that I think is really fascinating about KD and the real advantage. Like defensively, LeBron, KD, Kyrie you're going to have some holes that aren't there from LeBron, AD, and Kyrie just because AD is among the most versatile defenders in the league. He can, he can offer protections and, you know, he can match up against guys one through five in ways that Durant, you know, he has shown himself to be good defensively when he really needs to be, but he's not AD. Like, he no. can't do all the things Anthony Davis can do that way. But I just feel like, there's nobody maybe in the league who over the course of 48 minutes can take more pressure off LeBron in terms of workload, in terms of things that you are going to need from him offensively that maybe allows LeBron to put up more defensively. And, and you know, there, we saw last season a lot of circumstances for it, but LeBron was not cranking it up defensively nearly the way he has needed nope. to. And maybe Kevin Durant, between Kevin Durant and Kyrie, you might actually see LeBron able to conserve some of that force defensively that he hasn't been able to over the last season or two. And LeBron in defensive mode is still really, really effective. He's just in a place right now where he has to pick his spots. Maybe he picks them in the reverse way now. So, all right, we'll get back to this because I, I, we, we, we need to touch on the uh, USC-UCLA stuff. Um, we need to get into that. Uh, and, you know, we, we want to mention the Dodgers. We've got Ask Slee coming up next because uh, – and, and actually, as my friend Raj just texted me, we should call it Ask Ski today. Uh, Kamenetsky's in. So you can ask us questions at Cam Brothers. You can uh, tweet the station, uh, ESPN Los Angeles. Ask us questions that you want us to answer. Ask us questions about Alan. We'll do our best. Um, and, and all of that. But – we will definitely dive back into this because I want to hear what people, how deep into this people want to get. Do they want to go just Kyrie? Do you want Kyrie and AD? Do you want all of the things? Um, so we'll get to that next. Ask Slee is next. It's the Travis and Slee with show. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. All right, Kamenetsky Brothers in for Travis and Slee with the guys taking a well-earned long holiday weekend. Um... A trade just announced in the NBA, which we'll tell you the details of, but Andy, I can tell you, is going to annoy a lot of Lakers fans. Yes, it Lakers fans are – something has happened that on a couple different levels is going to annoy the the Lakers fans, not just the player that was traded, but where he was traded to uh, Mm -hmm. and for what. Uh, So you are not going to like it. Bad news coming later in the show. But right now, Andy, it's time for Ask Slee. Um, and 
how do you want to do this? You want me to ask you to kind of bring up the question we can both ask or yeah, you know, sure, run through it that way? Right, works. We'll do it that way. Um, so here's the first question from ask, uh, for Ask Slee today, which is really Ask Ski, as my friend Raj pointed out via text. Has any one of you, this from Bilal Halawale, uh, a friend of our, our podcast, the Locked on Lakers podcast, um, has any one of you, you can listen to that's it. right, wherever you get your podcasts, mark the time, 1047, first promotion of the podcast. Has anyone, has either one of you ever eaten a food such as rice or spaghetti with bare hands? I'm sure Alan Sliwa did once or more times in his life. Spaghetti with bare hands, just if it's leftover pasta that you had made and you hadn't sauced yet, and it's just, you're taking it out of the fridge. Yeah, I've done that with my bare hands, no problem. I mean, sometimes you're just in the mood for something really quick. Uh, it's not messy. You just want, you know, just want a little something in your stomach. Yeah, that's fine. Rice is extremely inconvenient to try to go bare hands. Like, I'm not even worried about bad manners or anything like that. It's just, it's too complicated to go barehanded with rice. I, I don't know. I mean, if you make a good sticky rice, it can be picked up in clumps so that I think is, is effective. I also like the concept here of bare hands. Like, like this would be different if I was like put on a pair of gloves or something like that before. Um, unsauced pasta, the answer is absolutely yes. Yeah. I do that frequently. Yes. Rice, the answer is yes, I do that frequently. Sauced pasta, the answer is yes, I do that frequently. Quite frankly, there is nothing that I haven't at one time or another eaten with my bare hands. And Quite frankly, I would question anybody who hasn't eaten most of these things at one time or another with their, I'm not talking about in mixed company. I'm not talking about you go to Mastro's and, you know, you just dig into your steak with your bare hands, although there's something to that that I respect. I just mean, you know, at some point, there isn't a food that you don't eat with your bare hands. Guys, do you, would you agree with this? Other than soup, can't eat soup with your bare hands. I've eaten soup. I have I've eaten soup with my bare hands before. How? How? I don't know. I just like I slurp it up. I slurp it up. No, that's, that's not your. That's mouth. your mouth. That's not with your bare hands. That's no, I have. Hands. I got with my bare hands and put it in the soup and try you to slurp it up. Dipped your hands into the, like yeah. Like Wait, the so way you use your hands cut. like a bowl. Yeah, I have. Yes. <laughs> I don't believe you, Punches. Lie of the day. That's my lie today. I believe that, so wait, that, is the, that is the preview of Factor Cap. I do not believe you. That, like, the only way people ever do that is like if they're under a, a, a spigot and like water's coming out of the spigot and you cup your hands under there and you drink out of that. Like, unless you're under a soup spigot, what you're describing, Funches, makes no sense. I don't have, believe have you. you. Drink, uh, have you had soup out of a cup? Like you just drink the soup yes. out of a cup? Okay. Yes. Yes. But that's not the cup. Is that's in your the hand. cup? Right. <laughs> I mean, that's like you do if I use a, Like that's like saying if I'm using a fork, I'm using my bare hands because my bare hand is holding the fork. That is not the intent of the question. Have you ever <laughs> been to a place that has a soup fountain, though? By the way, because I would like that. Medieval times. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you are substituting your hands for the already provided bowl that holds the soup. Um, Taylor, have you ever? Is there a food that you haven't eaten with your bare hands that's not soup? That I have or haven't? Uh, I've eaten haven't. curry with my hands. Of course, yeah, that's I like. Yeah, okay, it's very specific though. Yeah, that that's definitely doable. It's messy. It's doable. But like, I, I got, I got that. All right, um, all right. Next question. This from uh, Jason, our Torres. Jason Torres. Yeah. He at, asks, at, between the two of you, at Jace's son, who can do the most push-ups? Me. The answer is me. I actually think it's me. The answer is no, me. Um, and, and Andy, recent, the reason I know this is Andy recently on, on another episode of the, of the Lockdown Lakers podcast, which you can listen to um, five days a week, took only three minutes to get to the second promo of the, of the show, challenged uh, Heat President Pat Riley to a push-up contest. And like was really puffy chested about it and, and all of that and has since completely re, uh, reneged on the whole thing and has not even attempted to try to uh, throw down the gauntlet or, or even send a video or anything, do any pushups in preparation for this. And uh, Pat Riley is 77 years old, something like that. 77 years old. Well, yeah. this, can't, this happened because Pat Riley challenged the media surrounding him to 
to a push-up contest, essentially. He said that he could do more push-ups than anybody covering the team that was there for whatever press conference he was holding. And I laid down a gauntlet to Pat Riley. I think I can do more push-ups than Pat Riley. The part you're leaving out, though, Brian, is that I got sick very soon after laying down this challenge to Pat uh-huh. Riley. And since getting sick, I've gotten sick a few more times, including <laughs> right now as we speak. I am also sick. So I have been, since throwing down this challenge, uh, this push-up challenge, entering the world of professional push-ups, I have been sick ever since. But <laughs> in my heart, awfully convenient. I have just been sick no, Brian, since I challenged Brian, Pat Riley. I think we know it hasn't been convenient at all. I've been legitimately sick off and on this whole time. But in my, in my push-up heyday, I used to do sets of 75, uh, usually about three to 400 a day minimum. Uh-huh. I am not, I have not this, been doing my daily regimen to this point, but this I think I could get the disconnect comes in. No, I think I can get back into it. When was your, when was the heyday, your, as you refer to it, your push-up heyday? I mean, my push-up heyday was probably <laughs> early thirties. I mean, this is when I was really dedicated to doing it. But I have recently done Which them was in workouts a mo- was within a like the last. No, but I've recently, I have recently done them in workouts like before getting sick. Like within the last six months, I can still do a set of fifty to seventy. That's no problem. You know, it is no not as easy problem. as it used to be. In one sitting, you could. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yes. Brian knows. I'm I not can barely get to thirty. He knows. Unlike you with the soup, Funch is, uh Brian knows. I'm not lying. No, he this used to. Really, he, this this is what I think is 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 fun about this. So, as Andy, I think is remembering his uh, his as he calls it his push up heyday, um, my prime, as being both slightly you know, slightly more impressive maybe than it was, but much more recent than he was, and is underestimating the steep steep decline that a man of his age undergoes when uh when it Whatever. comes to doing no i'm just not overestimating you that's the difference i'm just not overestimating. i could knock out i could bang out 50 i could bang out the 50 that's not a problem all right. just saying I, all right uh one again, we got time I'm for one sick. more i think here oh you're always sick you're gonna be sick for the next six months eight months you whatever you're certainly never challenging pat riley that's for sure uh this for askley from steve chong take that old man guys- down in a second do you call your wife's lady cam like lady does, uh, like Slee does to his girl? Do you refer no. to your wife, Andy, as lady cam? For, does Slee will refer to his wife as lady cam? He really does. His yeah. girlfriend. His girlfriend. Are they married? No, they're not. The girlfriend. He calls her lady cam? No, lady no, he calls, Slee. He calls her lady Slee. Okay. Or just the okay. audience does too. Because. Sure, because if he's referring to as as Lady Cam, Slee and I are going to have to go out back in the alley and settle this thing. He does not refer to his girlfriend as a Lady Cam. That's that's my wife or Brian's wife. Do I refer to my wife as Lady Cam? No, um, I don't think. She Ironically, he refers to her as Lady Slee. I don't think she would like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she would appreciate that in the slightest. Um, I think Brian, I can speak for your wife as well when I say both of our wives sometimes don't enjoy being in the whole Kamenetsky brothers business <laughs> period. <laughs> I don't te- think they I'm actually see- texting my wife right now to find out what her reaction would be. <laughs> I don't think that they would like to feel like they are becoming an extension of the brand, so to speak. I don't think they'd like that at all. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So I'll let you know what she says when, <laughs> when she texts me back, but the answer is hell bleeping. No, uh, you, got, you guys have to do one choice. more. Just do one more. Okay. Okay. Do one more. Okay. This is from Christopher Holmes. Uh, when the guy with a clipboard outside a grocery store makes a beeline for you, do you speed walk the opposite direction, walk past him without acknowledging his existence, sincerely say, I'm sorry, not today, or sit and listen intently to his spew? Hashtag ask him. Andy, are you, uh, are you, uh, do you humor solicitors outside? You've never had somebody oh, the, like, hey, I oh, the, yeah, the voting guy oh, or whatever. Here, yeah. Hey, sign I'm my petition. 15 minutes for, okay, Am- yeah. for, for Amnesty International. No, no. Oh, save a child. Okay. You know, whatever. I, when he, okay. The clipboard thing threw me off. I was thinking it was actually a grocery store worker. I was like, that's never <laughs> happened to me before. Um, 
I used to be when I was younger, and I think you know more idealistic. I used to be the guy that this was back in his every single. <laughs> I used to, yeah when I back when I was like more swole and more idealistic. <laughs> I used to give I used to give those guys so much time. I would stop and talk with every single one of these people because I wanted to find out exactly what I could do to help change the world. And then as I got older, I came to realize the answer is nothing. <laughs> so now I don't listen to any of them. So now he just watches it burn. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I do not. I have actually have a policy. I will not sign petitions unless I have a chance to go look up who it is and what it is I'm putting my name on. Because I just there, you know, there's like too many weird and sketchy people and sketchy organizations out there. You know, if Amnesty International comes, they can, you know, they tell me their thing. They can give me their website. I, I'm pretty good about it. I will go and I will look you up. And if I believe in what you're doing and I and I can get some sort of corroborating evidence that you put the money to good use and all that, I will give your organization money. But I will never do it. And I will never sign things outside the grocery store or any other establishment. The game really changed, too, once you started adding email to it and social media and text. Yep. And these people will not leave you alone. Because that's all that's it is, part is of the a problem. gigantic data gathering operation. Yes. And I don't yes. know who like, my data is being sold to. I don't know right. where that email and information ends up. I don't like it. No, I, I'm not doing it. Not doing it. I, I can't tell you how many different texts that I have to send either stop opt out like on a daily basis. And I'm like, how how did I ever get involved with you people? I don't even know who you are. Like some politician I have never heard of in my life is, you know, asking me for $10 or asking me about some type of cause. I'm like, I don't know who you are, but it's like you said, Brian, it's all data collection. Yeah. Somebody tells me two minutes to say, can you spare two minutes to save a child? I say, you tell that kid he is out of luck. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. Let's uh, let's do this. I, we're going to take some calls in a, in a couple minutes here, 877-710-ESPN, about how deep you want the Lakers to go on this Kyrie thing, this KD thing, how you feel about the Lakers now uh, versus yesterday. But we have not actually talked at all about USC and UCLA. Andy is a USC alum. Big, big shakeup. Uh, they're out of the Pac-12, Pac and they're into the Big Ten. Uh, that is official, and it's happening in two years, and we'll do that next. Travis and Sleeve Show, 710 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.